Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, time for another round of the Blue-White Breakdown, Penn Life's Penn State podcast. Dave Jones joins me. I'm Bob Flanders. I have a sneaking suspicion, though, towards the end of this. You might sneak in a little Summer summer Olympics talk. But, Dave, first of all, how are you? Great to see you. But, Dave, how's your summer been? Inactive. No, actually, we we go out and hike. We haven't hiked lately, but I've been walking like five five miles a day. But you, you, you wouldn't do that, right? You get your, your treadmill, your, uh, yeah, I bought everything. No, well, because of the pandemic, you couldn't, you couldn't go to like gyms and work out with masks on. I know. So I just bought a, no, I bought a rowing machine. They're really good for you. Have you ever tried that? Oh, I don't think I could handle that, but yeah, Yeah. they're they're really, they're really good for me. You could definitely handle it. We'll We'll talk about it more. I went out on the Schuylkill and did a story a few years ago with a guy who's in a rowing club. Yeah. And I want to know more of that after about three minutes. Three minutes. Yeah. I yeah, it takes a little while. You, 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 gotta, you just got to build up your tolerance. But, man, is it, is it really – it's good yeah, exercise. Man, it, does your, it does your core. It does your biceps. It does yeah. your shoulders. It even yeah. does your quads, which I thought was – Everything on my body was sore after that. Yeah. Dave, my, my core's light intake is so high during the summer that I have to row. Or I else. said core, not cores, Bob. No. Well, I, I when you say core, I think core's light. That's how. That's how. That's because, why we've lasted so long. Because that's the core of your being. But what about those Nittany Lions? Yeah. On the recruiting let's, trail, let's, what do you make of this? I think first of all, they they needed a bounce back year, uh, Dave James. Went on record. I looked it up last September. They had just missed out on another, the top kid in Pennsylvania. Nolan Rucci was his name, an offensive lineman. I think from the Lancaster, Lebanon area. Lancaster, I think. Uh, Went to Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Todd Rucci, who played at Penn State, was right. his dad. A legacy. It's a legacy. a legacy. He followed his brother to Wisconsin. That was kind of the last straw in a, uh, in a Penn State class that just wasn't very good. James said, this is unacceptable. We got to be better. We got to figure out a new way to operate. We got to we got to keep up. I think he acknowledged during the pandemic, you know, a big part, Dave, of Penn State's recruiting is they have to get kids on campus to kind of sell what Penn State's about because it's a remote area. People, I think a lot of kids maybe aren't that excited about going to state college, but when he gets them on campus or we can get them to Beaver Stadium, it's a different atmosphere, it's a different attitude, it's a big part. Yeah, it looks like the archetype of a college campus that you would want to be if you want to go to college at all yeah you want the whole experience and I think that's a big selling point for Penn State regardless whether you're an athlete or not it looks like what we've been taught that a college experience should be so I think the pandemic probably really hurt them and is probably really helping them now well, and I think they're also, I, I'm pretty sure 
knowing James Franklin and knowing the fact that he likes to recruit and not lose on the recruiting trail, I'm sure he lit a fire under the asses of all his assistants and all his all his helpers. And I and they really, I think they they dug in. So the Nick, the latest kid is a four star that was coveted kid. Alabama, Notre Dame, A and M, and Penn State were in on him. Governor Mifflin uh, in Pennsylvania, four star running back Nicholas Singleton committed a little earlier this week. We're taping on a Thursday, Dave. Uh, four-star kid. They're now at 18 kids in this class, Dave. They have 10 four-stars. 10 four-stars, ten ten four stars, which is as many as Ohio State, I believe, right? Correct. Correct. They're number three nationally. Notre Dame's two. Ohio State is one. The thing that Ohio State go- has going for them every year is the five-stars. Uh, Ohio State's got four five-stars to go with their 10 four-stars. Now, what, what I, what, now, what else? You see the typical three at the top of the Big Ten. Yeah. But I see somebody, number four in the Big Ten and number 12 nationally. That Is it really, Maryland? No. Oh, it's not Nebraska. No, they're at the bottom with yeah. Iowa. It's about, is, done, it's about Dunzo for you-know-who. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it. I'm not it's worked not, up about it. Is it Rutgers, I'm, Dave? Yes, it is Rutgers. You, number, 12, I, number 12 nationally, number four, a solid number four in the Big Ten. I think the nightmare of all the Midwestern stodgy traditionalists in the Big Ten is in progress, that the footprint of this conference is moving east, whether they want it or not. As long as Greg Shiano is there, and I don't see any reason he's going anywhere else for a while, he's a relatively young man. This is going to be a phenomenon, and that program is going to get better and better if Maryland joins them, yeah, I, I don't know because Maryland's still a basketball school. They're always yeah. going to be a basketball school. But with NIL and with NIL freedom, it is a giant metropolis with a lot of well-to-do alumni. And it's the Wild West now, man. Did you hear about the guy at, at uh, Miami who owns the MMA yeah. show? Did you hear yeah. about that guy? Yeah, he's given, I think, the whole team. Uh, 500 bucks a month. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, – and I, I think – we're going to talk about some former Penn Staters and maybe what, what they could have done back in the day. But, Dave, the, you're right about the recruiting, and I'm sure we're going to hear a little bit more from you about Rutgers as we, if Rutgers kind of takes off a little bit this year. And, and they were really competitive last year with not a lot of great athletes. They were in a lot of games. I think they are only going to improve. I think it's not going to be an easy game on Penn State's schedule as long as, as, long as uh, Shiano is there. But but yeah, so they have 18 kids, 10 four stars. Ohio State's doing <laughs> Ohio State is doing Ohio State things. They have just a little bit more. But Dave, I'm just wondering, like, regardless of uh, name and image and licensing, how much do you think if you're Penn State and you're James Franklin and now you can kind of get kids on campus, you're probably never going to put together a, a class quite like Ohio State's unless you start to beat them on the field. It hasn't happened, but if the playoff expands, and it's, it certainly looks like it might to to a, a much bigger size, if you're James Franklin, you can use that, I think, as a little bit of ammo to recruit, can you not? Yes. I mean, the, the whole to me, the whole reason to expand was that this was becoming and is becoming, has become a regional sport, other yeah. than Ohio State, possibly Notre Dame, who are brands unto themselves, the entirety of the college football playoff has been Southern schools, Sunbelt schools, even including Oklahoma 
and Clemson, who are not in the SEC. Yeah. I think in order to reset this entire thing, you're going to have to include teams in the college football playoff who haven't been in it. And then coaches can point and say, look, we were in the playoff. It's like, it's like in college basketball, we were in the tournament. We yeah. won a game in the tournament. That means everything. And if, if you don't have that with four teams, it has always been just so, so such a small field who could point at that. And they got more and more players. And that can't be good for the sport. You don't right. want a regional sport of college football. I agree that, that college football matters more to people in the South than it does in the Midwest. It just does. And if you don't believe that, you haven't been to the South much. Um, <laughs> it's just true. Yeah. But there is talent across this country, including on the West Coast. I think, for instance, kids at USC, kids in, the, in Southern California, kids in Hawaii, kids in Tonga, uh, the Pacific Rim, who was, they, they produced some good players. All of that region that basically feeds the entire in the entirety west of the Rockies, those kids are going to stay home if Washington or USC or Oregon makes the playoff every year. If somebody makes the playoff every year, it's much more likely that those kids are going to stay home. That's the way I feel about it. Yeah. And and the Pac-12 has been a non-entity for yeah. for for this entire seven-year age of college football playoff. I mean, they, they haven't even contributed. So other than Oregon in uh, tw- in the very first year, I don't believe they've been in it, right? They haven't been in the final? Uh, they were in it. They, you know, they were in it, I think. Yeah, you're right. The first year, Ohio State beat them in the final. They had Marcus Mariota. It was, I, that was after Chip Kelly, but it was really Chip Kelly's team. Yeah. He yeah. was the guy who inherited that team. But yeah, other than, other than Oregon and Washington, USC was good in in 16 and 17, but they weren't good enough. I don't Never think. made the playoffs. Yeah. 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 So uh, we'll, we'll see. That but can't I mean, happen. That, even more than the Midwest and the Big Ten, that yeah. can't happen. We can't have the entirety okay. west of the Rockies not being involved in college football, which was yeah. never true until this era. It wasn't. I mean, how long ago was the Pete Carroll juggernaut? It wasn't that long ago. They were owning college football. And yeah. now the, the entire Pac-12, just not even a factor. You can't have that continue. Right. Well, we'll see if Penn State can continue to build. but And it's, it's just going to have to be, Dave, it's, it, it just can't be one year. They're going to have to find a way to wrangle a top 10 or top 12 class every year because the bar is so high with Ohio State. But I think James Franklin, it was a nice rebound year. And I, I think it's significant they were able to do a little bit better in state because it wasn't a good look. I know the best athletes aren't always in Pennsylvania, but you got to when you do have a good athlete in Pennsylvania, you can't let them can't let them they they go to Columbus, man. They have six of the top eight in PA, is what I read, right? Yeah, yeah. Right now, twenty twenty two. It's very promising. You see how it plays out. They get a five star quarterback. That's another thing we could talk about down the line, but we're not there yet, Dave. Let's move along real quick here on the Blue White Breakdown. I'm Bob Flounders. He's Dave Jones. Let's talk real quick about name, image, and licensing because 
since the beginning of July, it's gotten real interesting to see kind of what players might be able to do to kind of make some income off uh, name, image, and licensing, Dave. I thought you had a really interesting column. I think it ran on Sunday on, on Penn Live about what maybe some of Penn State's top athletes from maybe 10, 20, 25 years ago could have done with their name to kind of make some money <laughs> for them. Now they have Joe Paterno coaching them, obviously, but you wouldn't have had anything to do with it because yeah. if uh, he doesn't want to let them do anything, then they go someplace else. That's true. Uh, That's true. He would have had to play along, uh, which is the first thing that, which is the first thing that LeVar Arrington said to me. Now, did I miss anybody you think on that list back in the day who would have been a real, not just a, a really good player? Like Paul Pizluzny was a really good player. I know, but, I know what you're getting at. A dynamic, would, would he have been a promoter? A yeah, national yeah, figure. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So Jack Ham, John Capaletti, probably not. Jack probably would have got something from out. He's from, where is he from? He's from. Is he a Johnstown guy? I he's a Johnstown guy. So he probably got would have got something from Blimpies. Uh, <laughs> a six-month supply of subs from Blimpies or Sheets. Maybe something know. something on Cap- the turnpike. Capaletti would have got a Wawa probably stipend. Sparrow. But, but a guy a guy like LeVar Arrington, really. Hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. If you had, if you had committed to Iowa, you could have had an endorsement <laughs> with Come and Go. Don't get me in trouble, Dave. People don't know what Come and Go means. They don't know what that is. It's actually it's actually a uh, convenience store. Don't let your minds wander, people. But it's one of my favorite stuff. We're going there this year. I'll and be it, back, baby. And the best part about it is it's spelled K-U-M and go. Right. Yes, right. which Bob always enjoyed. I do. What, so what, what What was your conversation real quick like with LeVar about? These were, these, were all, these were all text conversations. That was part of the fun of it because uh-huh. I, wanted, I wanted to get their exact text. Sometimes text is funny because you can get people's exact thoughts the way they it's part of the problem with millennials. They have to craft everything they say because they've been texting their whole lives. So they take a few minutes. But in this case, I wanted the exact thoughts. He said, the first thing he said was, well, Joe wouldn't have had any of it because, you know, Joe didn't believe in that. I said, well, yeah, but this is a new age. And all of a sudden, Joe has to play along. He goes, all things being given. And then he just said everything. He went through everything from his own TV show. And can you imagine that? That's going to happen. There, there are going to be kids. Can you imagine LeVar Arrington as like a we can, host can we host one? No, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. He wanted to host his own team. Can you imagine a 19-year-old LeVar Arrington with his own YouTube TV show? Actually, I do. With Joe Paterno coaching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that How about if we had tremendous. Joe come on his show? That would have been tremendous. Yeah, and then we we come on his show. Yeah. But, but he's, he was talking about car dealerships, uh, drinks, snacks, everything. And uh, I was talking to Sharif Chambliss, who's some Penn State basketball. uh, There were some people I didn't quote in the story. Joe Marvin. Do you remember Joe Marvin, who was like a long snapper? You would see this guy once in a while, and he was hilarious. How about Chimo Okolai? Do you remember talking to him? Yeah. There were these guys you ran into who were just so much more social and easy with a sentence that you just thought, man, th- this kid would be terrific if he could endorse something right now. Um, Michael Robinson. 
Michael Robinson was a star, but I'm talking about offensive linemen who are oh, basically. Yeah. I just baseless. mean as a personality, though. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Coming out now. It's funny when you find offensive linemen who are basically faceless guys that nobody knows, and they have these. Then they have these huge personalities. I mean, how many of those guys have there been? Aq Aq Shipley is probably the biggest yeah. star you could you could talk about. Richard Winberger was a good guy. Big personalities who are not afraid of a camera. I mean, I'm looking forward to this whole thing. I think there are people that I've been arguing with on Twitter, which you should never do. <laughs> Don't that, do that. that but there's this one guy who really believes, and I think he, his fears are genuine, that this is going to ruin college football because it's all going to go to the boosters, and the biggest booster with the biggest 10-gallon hat with the, the biggest wallet is going to just start throwing money around like the, the guy at, at Miami. And he says, this is only the tip of the iceberg. I, I don't, I think that's an old way to look at this. The kids who are really going to cash in on this are going to have their own individual brands because that's part of what they want to do. They're going to go on YouTube or they're going to go, they're, they're going to have their own little talk show that this is going to happen. And they're not going to, they're not going to depend on other people to like hand them money. They're going to want to make their own money with their own face really as the centerpiece instead of just endorsing something. That's yeah, the, the idea. The lined up, be beautiful. Yeah, I mean, and why not? Why should any college kid not want to do that? This is part of entering the marketplace as a college student. Yeah. Why can everyone else do it, but, but athletes cannot? Right. Why? It makes right. no sense to me. And if I think it's very good. If Jake Paul and Logan Paul can make a, a buttload of money on YouTube, why can't why can't? Yeah, yeah. More and reputable athletes. There was a I, I meant, mentioned this kid before is a kid named Mark Titus yeah. who uh, played on the the Sullinger teams. Club Trillion. Um, I know all about him. The end. Yeah, the end of the Conley Odin era. He got recruited, and then he played with Sullinger on those great teams that were yeah. number one a lot of the year before they pratfalled in the NCAA tournament at Ohio State. Mark Titus started a club called C Club Trillion, which was his little little blog, and he made tons of followers. Club Trillion came from his line in the box score, which was always a minute of mop-up time followed oh, by 12 yeah. zeros. Yeah. <laughs> when I've got two Club Trill t-shirts. Mark yeah. Titus was hilarious. And yeah, he didn't do is. anything, he didn't do anything to betray the confidence of the team. They all liked his blog. But here's a guy who is kind of a nobody right. who could have made a lot of money these days in this atmosphere. Dave, how about Jake Zembeck and his mat, his mustache and the gold chains? He could he probably could have made some dough, Dave. Like he was kind of a cult personality at Penn State. That's that's branding. And that's what I want you to do, Bob. Want, <laughs> we need more gold. We need yeah. more medallions. We need more open shirt collars out of you. One, one, one group of athletes at Penn State, I hope, can find a way to make some money because they deserve it. Wrestlers. The one, yes, the wrestlers at Penn yeah. State. I mean, I know they're not flashy, but damn it, Dave. They're good. And they, I mean, and the community supports them well, but man. What, what did you think of Ed Ruth of that, of that oh, show? Yeah. 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 He, he well, was, uh, he was. I you mean, know who gave me that idea because you know I don't know anything about wrestling. 
I know you is, don't. And is, your son wrestled, Dave. Way to he, go. Yeah, he did, but but yeah, he just dabbled in it. You can't dabble in wrestling anymore. Yeah, you can dabble in you can't dabble in lacrosse either. He learned yeah. both of those things. He gave it the good college try. Yeah. The big Swede gave me that idea. Yeah. I because I asked Jim him Carl, Jim Carlson, the big Swede. Jim Carlson, yeah. It's not he, a male he, porn star. <laughs> <laughs> he gave me that idea. What what would you have thought of him? He could have he could have merged. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, absolutely dynamic, absolutely dynamic, and I would have watched or been entertained by him. But yeah, I think this is a conversation. I think you're right. I think two years from now, um, the, where this heads and where this goes is going to be a great story to follow, and hopefully, some some athletes can really capitalize on not only their talents on the field but off the field. Some really entertaining personalities. And we'll see how I'm, I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of it. I welcome it. I think it's going to keep more, actually more good athletes in, in college athletics. Dave, with like a minute to go here on the, on the podcast, I just wanted to throw it to you. 60 seconds, maybe. I know you got to run. You're just your thoughts on what you, we heard about the, uh, the Summer Olympics. It's going to be very restrictive out there. Uh, do you think there's going to be any interest in the Olympics? It looks like it's going to be it's going to be COVID precautions and it's going to be lockdowns and it's just going to be joyless. Yeah. I think we're going to have to go back to the age of last year. And did anyone really want to do that? We were all desperate to watch sports. So we, so we watched it, but near the end of that with the fake crowd noise, wasn't that getting on your nerves? (laughs) Yeah. And we're going to be going back to that because NBC, you know, they're going to put the fake crowd noise in. Yeah. Is I anyone just, is anyone going to watch that or want to watch it? I say no. And uh, what you're referring to is it, it was just decided that there won't be any crowd. Before we leave, I went to see an old SI photographer named James Drake. Okay. Who went everywhere yesterday. He's 89 years old. He's in Center City. And I know this one photo. This guy did all sorts of wonderful. You got a story in the works on this guy. Correct? Yes. Oh, I do. The man. Yeah. That man. But also this. This is your favorite age of pro football. Look at this. Of horning in the 1965 uh, championship. You're game. a Browns fan. Who's that tackling him? Uh, it, looks like, it looks like Ross Beekner. <laughs> <laughs> I can't as quite tell. Like, as much as I like Paul Horning, I love I love the way that Jim Taylor ran better. But that's a great photo. Sounds like you're out. You're on to a great story. Yeah, it'll be on Sunday. Yeah, we're gonna wrap this up, Dave. Good talking to you for this edition of the Blue White Breakdown. He's Dave Jones. I'm Bob Foggers. Real quick, I just hope we have a new viewer and listener to the podcast now that he's not really with us. Greg Pickle, I hope you're listening. I hope you're watching. We'll be in touch soon, buddy.